We live? All right. Yo, welcome to Beat People Podcast, episode 57. We got the uh, usual suspects here, and we are live streaming on both the Beat People Facebook page as well as uh, on B-Boy Tech Report. Uh, like I said, episode 57, we got um, Flux in the house. What's up, man? I didn't put any deodorant on. Cool. I this is the best feel way like to people out that. there need to know just how funky I am today. You're not funky, you're natural, but this is the best way to experience it from afar. Yeah. <laughs> just, I want everybody to just inhale, because yeah. it's, whew. Are you on that old dirty bass? Says, How about keep it funky? I'm telling you, man, I'm working on a studio, and I'm just like, wow. I just sat down in front of the mic, and I was like, ooh, this is bad. <laughs> why you named one of your presets Stank? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's why I got the stank on it. <laughs> What's going well, on? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just getting ready for a show tonight and yeah, that's what's up. Like I feel like Trabarsi, I feel like you got a show every night. I'm like, hey Travarsi, what's up? It's Tuesday. Ah, show tonight. Hey Travarsi, what's up? It's Wednesday. Ah, show tonight. Hey Travarsi, what's up? It's Thursday. Ah, show tonight. <laughs> thanks for coming out to the perfect circuit. Oh, it was fun. Right. It was Thank fun. It's always good. I mean, and those things always, uh, you know, bring out the community and stuff and. Funny thing is, the last time I was there in that space is when we uh, met up with Alex, and he was here for for the uh, what was it, the Empress thing, the Zoya thing. Yeah. So and so, welcome our special guest, Alex from WMD. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? Not much. Chilling. Cool, cool. Good to have you on the show, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked. No doubt. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. Um, and who we got in the chat? We got. Hey, Inky. can we turn Alex up a little bit? He's he's kind of quiet. Sure. I can turn myself up a little bit. There okay. you go. Is that better? A little bit. Check one two. Yo yo. Yeah, that's better. That's better. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, Alex, uh, for the people um, that may watch the show and, and may not be familiar, tell us a little bit about who Alex is and what's up with WND and then we're going to get into some some other stuff and just come converse and stuff. Yeah, for sure. So my name's Alex and I work at WMD. We make uh, Eurorack modules and uh, guitar pedals. I also make music under the name Nasty Nachos. So um, and then, yeah, we do monthly nights here. So we did a monthly one of our monthly dance parties last night and uh, super fun. Dope, dope. Yeah, I love that name, Nasty Nachos. <laughs> yeah, Nasty Nachos. <laughs> That's gangster. Hopefully you can remember that one, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I'll never forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> dope, dope. Uh, oh, somebody in the chat said, great set Wednesday to I agree. Dope stuff. It's all good. So, <clears throat> so yo, um, WMD, tell, how long has WMD been around? And this is just for, I guess, my information. I just don't know. Yeah, for sure. So we've been around since 2007. Okay. And that was when we released our first uh, guitar pedal called the Fat Man. Mm -hmm. And um, that was like an envelope filter, which has evolved into three different types of Fat Man. So there's the Fat Man, the Super Fat Man, and something. I think there might even be another version of that. And then we did, uh, we discontinued that and turned that into the Protostar, which is a synthesizer based, you know, synthesizer style filter and a guitar pedal. 
And um, we got into guitar. We got into modules, I think, like 2010 or 12, 2011 or 12, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was um, based on the Geiger counter pedal moving over into Eurorack and then us just falling in love and realizing that that was what we needed to be doing. Yeah, that's dope. Dope. Yeah, I remember um, the Geiger pedal like uh, that. That is a really popular pedal, at least in the circles that maybe we're around. It's like uh, I've heard a lot and seen a lot of people uh, talk about it and using it through the years. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely <laughs> one of those ones among the electronic music scene that that took off. I mean, guitar pe- our guitar pedals are kind of known in the guitar community for being uh, too difficult to use or um, <laughs> just too complicated, too many knobs, things like that. And, uh, you know, the synth community and electronic music community are much more um, open to things like that, you know, because it's just uh, uh, stuff they're used to and they're all about the knobs, you know. Right, right. That makes sense. Actually, makes a lot of sense because when it comes down to it, synthesis are all about, you know, there's knobs for every damn thing, knobs and sliders and it's, I think it's a certain way we're wired, no pun intended, but yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, hey, I got a question for you. Um, uh-huh. The so the first model that you designed though um, wasn't that the aperture? Um, no, I didn't design that. That was Tyler. Oh, Tyler did that one. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that I was, was Tyler. About that. And then the first, I I'm not actually like an engineer designer. I'm just a product developer, and so the first products I started working on. Um, what did we release? I mean, I think, uh, the mixer overseer and muscle were, I was a big part of, and then, um, Metron and that whole thing, um, Mason and I, and William and our whole team has done a lot of work on that, but that was one that I feel, uh, really lent a hand to. You guys have quite a few products up here, so I'm just kind of sharing the screen and showing everybody the WMD website here so you guys can go check this out because there is a ton of gear on here. Totally, yeah. That's one of the things I don't think a lot of people realize is that we do have modules for everything. You know, we've got we've got a few different filters. We've got the whole WMD SSF line, which is really great bread and butter stuff. And then we've got all the performance-based um, stuff that's more recent because that's been our our main focus recently um is making live performance more accessible and more fun yes yeah, so many so many awesome uh yeah units here what's uh do you have uh a, a recent favorite of the of wmd modules um i mean metron and volterra are completely changed the way i play i've been using a metron for about a year before the release because I was doing just using them with beta. And I mean, it was every single show we would be updating firmware right before, like, I don't know if this is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, a lot of love went into that one. And that whole range of things is just, um, I mean, I I can't make music without it really anymore. It's just what I really like. And uh, yeah, we just released Crater. Um, we started shipping those uh, just last week, so I think that's another one that probably won't leave my case any t- like <clears throat> ever. Because I mean, I'm using drum machines in conjunction with Eurorack, and just yeah. being able to have all the kick drums in Crater is amazing because you got all the it control really right is. there to just shape it. I've been I've been kind of digging in. <clears throat> 
especially over the last couple of days. Even last night, I was kind of digging in and, you yeah. know, uh, and, in conjunction with rearranging my case so that I have a whole row sort of dedicated to drums and the end of that, the beginning of the row is a, a drum sequence and the end of the row is a <clears throat> like a, a mix out so that I can kind of take one out and, but yeah, Crater and Fracture has been blowing my mind over here lately. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> it's really like, those joints really sound good, man. Y'all did a really good job. One, yeah, thank you. Uh, Crater is powerful and vast like there is a wide sound palette in there and then with fracture i've never heard anything like it i mean <laughs> it really has its own sound it's not your typical clap and the fact that you can kind of create an audience of clapter yeah <laughs> with that joint is great yeah for sure i mean the the whole idea of the drums is to you know replace your one-shot sample pack Mm -hmm. or at least aid in um, using that less or having to dive through sounds less, you know, rather than um, if I just want a crunchy clap with a few people instead of going through and like looking through tags or just looking through names mm -hmm. that I or someone else wrote on those anyways that are just like crunch clap um, and then EQing them to make them sound good, you know, we really wanted to make it so you could just say, oh, I want this many people and I want them to have, you know, I want them to be this drunk, as I like to say. Yeah, like, yeah we're gonna try. Yeah. It <laughs> but um, you know, you can kind of uh, adjust how good they are at clapping together, which you can go from you know the just like so many people and so so together that it just sounds like noise, like a nine oh nine, out to like a uh, you know just like eight people in a bar at the end of the night. Yeah. And, and what's dope about that is because I know, you know, for me, with making hip hop and and uh, even being a sound designer, a lot of times, okay, so coming from the world with chopping and and sampling and chopping breaks, a lot of times you'll have layered sounds on your chops, right. and you may have like a snare or kick that has some some other remnant of something that slightly follows it, and right. with the the fracture, you can get that kind of effect out of it with that spreading of the clap uh so yeah. you can kind of have like you know what i mean and and like totally. that's so dope that, that i had um kind of stumbled upon that and i was like yo this is fresh so yeah, yeah good right work on, on that man. yeah really and the, good work. I, i'm really digging on the fact that like crater does exactly what i do anyway you know what i mean like yeah, it, it totally. layers an analog and a digital kick together and so you get the attack of of a digital mm -hmm you know sample sound and then you get the you know the oomph of your analog as well so it's like you get that stack sound which yeah is really dope to have all at one yeah yeah for sure we were really um we were using other analog drums as well and then we were using our assimilator you know and we were always layering the kick drums and it was um or even just using two, like an analog sample and a simulator and then another layer on top of that and resample or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that, that was just something that we were always doing. And we felt like just the pitch envelope itself, like though it can create a really nice, you know, classic attack that's been used for 40 years or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a, um, you know, being able to have that high high frequency click on there kind of gives you that um, just produced sound, which is the more and more 
we are doing live performances and recording with all this stuff, the more and more we want it to sound professional right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, take some of the, the, the work out of it and, you know, get you there quicker. That is, yeah. the, it is a really immediate uh, kick. Uh, I mean, yeah, real dope. Like I said, really good work. I mean, I just threw those joints in uh, into my case uh, over the weekend, maybe, or maybe yeah. um, earlier this week. But yeah, I've been really digging in. And did you uh, play with the uh, sustain at all on Crater? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah it's cool. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Corey, you put that a that duration is dope too. Yeah, you, the video you put up on. <clears throat> sent us and then you put up on Instagram. It was, I, yeah. I, like, it was I fun. Need yeah, I, was, I, <laughs> I, like, I need myself. those. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of lost myself in those joints the, uh, the other night. So yeah, no doubt. But hey, you know, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the Metron. I remember you showed it to me at uh, Synthplex. Right. And I thought it was dope because it has gate delays and, and all of that stuff, a nudging or whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, yes. Micro timing, nudging. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was dope. But then now Travarsi actually has one. And mm -hmm. Tarsi, tell us what you've been what you've been thinking of that joint so far. What's oh my your God, thought? I love it. Like, awesome. I like, I it was like, I was, okay, so first of all, I love it. I used it um, when I did the SoCal Synth Society in San Diego and was able to like get into using the fills and all that. Oh yeah. And then I, uh, I got a Volterra and then I was like, okay, I need to get this other show, you know. Yeah. The Hydrosynth one, I, I use a smaller skiff, so I'm like, so I didn't use a sequencer for that. Right. So, and then... I'm like, okay, I have a show tonight. I'm like, I need to use this Volterra. <laughs> so, Alex, I have to commend you. First of all, your videos, the way you yeah, do stuff, awesome. are awesome. Like the first six minutes, I put I put in the Volterra. Six minutes, boom! I already started programming it. I Hell was yeah. Corey like this morning, and it was like it was so dope. It was easy, like it just it made sense, like. And I'm going to be using it on the fly all night tonight, like changing Heck up yeah. my own user, um, my own user scales and like just because I'm playing alongside a DJ tonight. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You just, you can, um, yeah, so I can just match keys that knob and, and I like how you can see the, what note you're picking. And the thing that's oh, yeah. dope about it is like, as it's playing, you can still go in and change your scale. Right. You know, it's like some things you have to stop and start yeah well and a lot of times you know with the um with other euro rack sequencers for sure it's like you you have to when you do that when you change the scale it's going to quantize everything that's playing and that's why we just put it yeah. on the input so when you're turning the knobs and stuff um it's a the quantizer is affecting the knob and what's coming out of that but then doesn't affect anything you've already written so one really cool trick mm -hmm. to do is, you know, just find the root note of whatever you're playing in. And then just, um, you can just, you know, use your scale of one note and like five octaves, and then you can run through those and then just be like, oh, I want to choose the minor third or the minor seventh or the fifth or whatever. And then just go up to that or, and just, uh, you know, only do one note on there and then add some extra little um, notes for flavor in there. And then it's like, you can, create some involving stuff that way that's you're sure to be like in the um in the right scale right yeah. dope yeah, i'm gonna right i'm gonna scale. try that 
for sure. But I love it. Like it Heck sounds yeah, awesome. so immediate. Like, yeah. And the fills, I, uh, it's so playable. I was telling Corey, like you have these options, you know, to create the variations and you can create like, you know, a few bars of pattern, but because I'm so, it's so easy to just change it on the fly. I've been in one bar. And just oh, constantly yeah. just changing, changing, <laughs> like resequencing, resequencing right there in that moment. And it's just like, right. yeah, no, that's so awesome to hear. I yeah. mean, that's one of the things we try and tell people a lot is um, that, you know, when we give a demo at a trade show, we're like, OK, this is all you can do. You can do, you know, you can go out to 256 steps and everybody's, you know, eyes are glazing over and they're like, man, this thing's really deep. And it's like mm. if you just use it for a 16 step sequencer and take uh um take advantage of the variations to give mm. you to give you that variation and you can make those b, b sections on the fly a lot of times the longest bar you're uh, the longest like phrase you're ever going to create is eight bars but most of the time you're just going to be doing one bar because it, it's mm. that easy to make variation on the fly with like you said the fills or just adding um adding some gates just manually every once in a while you know mm -hmm. so, no, exactly. well, you know, actually, I want to I want to take a step back just uh, because I realized that we just said Metron and then we went into it. What is the Metron? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Metron is a 16 channel trigger and gate sequencer. Um, it can do up to 256 step long sequences. It's got um, uh, lots of really quick um just shortcuts everything is there's not a lot of menu diving everything is just button combinations and all those become uh, muscle memory really really quickly and then the it's got you know gates and bursts it random features and probability features and then um it's got what we call look ahead sequencing so with the variations um you have a through e and those are your different patterns and so you can edit a pattern while another one's playing at any time and so it's really nice because you can be listening to a go into b copy a into b make some variations and then just go to it and at the end of the phrase it'll play that sequence so um that's just for triggers and gates and then we added volterra um just a couple weeks ago and that is a four channel cv expander Mm -hmm. And um, like Travarsi said, that has a bunch of uh, of um, real time quantization things, and um, the fills, like the loops, will affect them. And um, you can do the same kind of look ahead sequencing. And the really nice thing is what that we were talking about is the quantization. So you can just quantize the knob and make, be sure that you're going to be playing in key, which helps for doing that look ahead thing because you can actually write pitch sequences um before they happen just by looking at them if you know you know mm -hmm. a few notes in the scale you're playing oh. and um and then yeah volterra is basically four independent sequencers and um so they're not tied to any gates and there's different voltage ranges per channel so you can do um pitch sequencing or unquantized sequencing Okay. Um, you can change the, the octave ranges, you know, you can change a bunch of stuff about um, the quantization and voltage ranges. And then you can add up to 16 Volterra. So it's 4 HP. So you, if you get 16, then you have 64 lanes of uh, CV. 
And so far, I think the most I've seen anyone have yet is six. But they mm. are, people are throwing a bunch of them in, in their cases and just using them as that brain because they're great for sequencing parameters. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to just change, change things like presets just right at the beginning of the bar, you can do that. And then there's um, the pitch stuff as well. Dope. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that's wild. That's, that's that's it. Seems to be a theme with you guys' uh, modules of late is like expandability. Um, you know, with, yeah, with the performance mixer and with this, you know, just being able to take like a a deep concept already with with one main module and then expand upon it with you know further features with these smaller modules. Yeah, totally. I mean, with the mixer, a lot of it has to do with routing and space. You know, do you want the expandability on that is really nice because it's not so much um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> got on a track there looking at myself. My face popped up on the screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm over here the, playing uh, with the windows and trying to make it yeah, more presentable. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the mixer, yeah, the expandability is just um, – it's really nice for space you know if you only want the 40 hp mixer you can have that if you if you have the space in your case you can expand it out and get the extra channels the mutes the db25 but not all of that's absolutely necessary and then with the metron the idea is that we put can bus on it so it could be um expandable and then we can work in, on one thing at once which is really mm -hmm. important um, for us is to like, you know, we have feature creep, um, problems. We always put way too much stuff in our products. So <laughs> being able to say like, all right, we're just going to work on the gates and just master that is, was really great. And then take the Volterra to the next step after we got what Metron to where we thought it was the best trigger and gate sequencer we could make. Go. Yeah, because I was just thinking, I was like, man, having having something like that in a studio case for people that have large studio cases or multiple cases at home for the studio use. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a good live performance uh, uh, sequence, obviously. But right. when I think about that, thinking about being able to take like the Metron and maybe two Volteras and throwing them in my studio case, like that's a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I don't exactly. need anything else. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and, you know, with those with uh, people that have have the walls of synth, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like um, you can grab Volterra's and uh, if you, you know, ask us, we can give you longer cables and then you can put them in different places and whatnot. So, ah, nice. nice. But Very that's good. like, you know, right now it's all about the making kind of the video game console looking thing where you just put Metron down and then Volterra on each side and. Mm -hmm. then you can really distinguish where what's going where that's right. cool <clears throat> very cool yeah I, I gotta say like within the last i don't know like maybe three years it seems like the wmd euro rack module line kind of exploded <laughs> yeah yeah sure. i mean we have a goal um, you know it's like uh just kind of a personal goal but we try and release like five to seven modules a year that's aggressive. Um, and that's, that's just cool. like one of those things that we want to be doing. We want to be constantly putting stuff out. We want to be um, constantly solving problems and then constantly innovating and just making new things. Um, I, you know, we're in this to create. We all make music. And um, 
we take everything home and we play with it for, you know, months, uh, fine tuning it before we release anything. And, um, yeah, we just try and stay, uh, you guys have some crazy ones too. Like, I mean, you guys have some modules that are really pretty heady. Like if you look at the Synchrodyne, um, I don't know yeah. if any of you guys have ever used a Synchrodyne, but that thing is oh. like a mind warp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? What is it? So the Synchrodyne is a filter. Um, and it's a switch capacitor filter and the cutoff frequency is controlled by an oscillator. So a, a super high speed clock. Hmm. And so, um, that in itself gives it kind of a slow, weird tracking sound. And then when you add that with, um, the expander, when you add, well, when you add that with its oscillator, so the oscillator that's inside of it has a PLL. And the oscillator itself, to hear the oscillator, the um, clock would be way too slow. And so when you run it through the PLL, you can amp it up to a speed that's fast enough. So the PLL tracks really, you know, weirdly. And then you've got this pseudo key tracking thing because it's trying to follow your oscillator with kind of a fucked up signal. Yeah, it's really wild. And if you add the expander to it as well... I mean, it's it's really one of the – a buddy of mine has one, and I tell you, like, I just – at first I was just like, oh, okay, well, now my brain is melted, so yeah. there's that. <laughs> and then you start realizing some of the sounds and, and things that you can do with it, and it's just really, like – I mean, it to me, it, it kind of embodies what Eurorack about. Like, it, it does things that you're just not going to find in a typical synth. Right, yeah, and we really, you know – we always talk about the spirit of modular and, you know, we'll always bring up the Synchrodyne in that case. It's just like experimentation, um, expandability, the idea of just patching um, things together and seeing what happens. The, ex the expand is basically that. I mean, it was like slap a bunch of circuits together and see what happens, you know? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, and, and it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's necessarily slept on. I think it's just, I think it intimidates a lot of people and, and kind of rightfully so, but at the same time, it's yeah. like the, the intimidating stuff is the stuff that when you dive in, you surprise yourself and you're like, Oh wow. Now, now that I get this, you know, here's what else I can do, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, my first trade show with WMD ever was KnobCon like 2014 or 2015. And you know, that was like, we had just, we made, I think we had a prototype of the mixer and a couple other things but you know no drums or anything like that and i had to demo the synchrodyne um you know that was the one thing that people will come up and be like i kind of know how everything works can you show me this and i was like i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> and like that was like i kind of feel like once i got over the hump of knowing how the synchrodyne worked i got more confident in like everything in my life <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh yeah i know how the synchrodyne works i know all about modular now the and answers so, like, to the universe have been yeah, uh, like my videos i always tell people the wmdssf videos you can hear like my voice shaking because i'm so worried about saying something wrong and, uh, you know, I was like reading a script cause I was like so intimidated by the scene and whatnot. Mm. And it was like, as soon as I understood the, the synchronine and like could actually, um, tell William, the designer of it, what it did correctly. I was like, okay, I got this. My videos, I got all loose. I started doing the like, Hey, let's talk to each other. Cause I actually feel like I know what I'm talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's dope. But yeah, and, yeah. And, and, to your, and to your credit too, like um, like Travarsi said, you do a good job at of explaining and simplifying the concept. Yeah. Man. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the Synchrodyne expand. The Synchrodyne, you you know, you I feel like you really want the expand with it. I have a I perform with a six U case, and I can't not have that giant thing in there. Um. It's really fun to use once you get it. And it's one of those modules, you know, you kind of just get your sound on it. And then if if you like it enough, you just kind of leave it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys have a lot of things that are just like, they're kind of not just utilities, but they're like things, okay, we need this stuff. And then you guys take them to the next level. Uh, right. The compressor is one of them that comes to mind with that. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not like... Like a lot of Eurorack compressors, I feel like are are pretty bare bones and like you know kind of set them and almost forget them, but your compressor is much deeper than that. Yeah, the um, I mean that was I, I don't know what module that was in the line of William, like how many, what number it was, but you know that was definitely a pro audio inspired thing. All the decisions on that were very much influenced by pro audio compressors. Yeah, cool, definitely, cool. Um, definitely a cool compressor, man. Um, I've, I've heard that thing in person a few times, and it's it's got a lot of versatility to it. You know, you can throw drums at it, you can throw bass lines at it, and have it duck. You can do all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, with totally. it. must so, be pretty popular. It is sold all the way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, th- you know that one might be uh, closer to the end of its um, of its life, like the. Uh, as far as the product cycle goes, you know, we've sold quite a few of them, but they've, you know, when space is one of everybody's main um, priorities right now. And so the muscle does really well. And that one doesn't, you know, it's not as uh, popular anymore just because we're, everybody's trying to condense so much. Mm-hmm. Yep. The muscle's a good size too. Yeah. 4HP stereo. I mean, it's what you need for a live performance case. Um, the compressor, like you said, Ken, I mean, it's, it's awesome for doing, uh, the, um, deep stuff that you want to do and sound design and things like that, throwing, you know, saturation on it and whatnot. I'm going to show this, uh, here's, here's the muscle here. So if I can, if I can get my mouse to work, that'd be awesome. There we go. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of power in a 4HP package. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, you can slow down the attack and let transients through. You can just squash stuff super hard. It's got side chain. And then, um, yeah, the threshold switch and the limit switch is nice because you can just limit the amount of gain you're going to add. So you you basically don't get pumping anymore and you kind of just have more of a limiter style compressor. Dope. Dope. And and you you said you do some, uh, there's a, like a, collaboration that you all do with ssf too right yeah so um that was like a few years ago we started that we came out with the monolith keyboard and that was when you know mod, mon, uh, modular was really all about be- making mono synths and stuff so that was a 37 key keyboard with a 104 hp um rack on the top of it with a power supply and then if you bought the full thing with module mm-hmm. it came with like 10 or 12 collaboration modules and um honestly that was a really 
good move on their part to do that because it kind of we were able to split some work and um, create a line for both of us of those bread and butter modules that we just you know that everybody needs um, without having to you know take all of the weight and yeah. design time away from other things that we were working on. That's smart. That's really smart. Are you guys in the same location or together? Um, I, I think they met at NAM. Okay. A few okay. years, quite a few years back. I'm not really sure, exactly sure where um, uh, William and Andrew met, but. Cool. And uh, you're going to be at NAM this year, you said? You're going to be hanging out? What's yeah, up? I'll be hanging out. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna come find you and pester you for a bit. Yeah, for sure. So. We'll be around, man. We're not um we're not exhibiting this year, um, which feels really nice. It's just nice to go walk the show and hang out with friends. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a good time this year, man. I, there's gonna be uh some cool after party stuff going on and whatnot. So hopefully we can all link up. Yeah, yeah he'll be there sure. to play too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I'll nice. bring a case. I'll be at the the SoCal Synth meetup party joe that's gonna be fun it's gonna be a lot of go dope stuff happening there it's gonna yeah. be a nice variety of performers too so that's gonna be real dope yeah i'm really excited oh, yeah we have ali coming in too yep 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 so yeah me and ali and ken you gonna perform i'm not sure yet i gotta i gotta see if i can squash a like i want to squash this down so like this, <laughs> and then i have to travel with it and i'm like yo i I'll tell you one thing. I am. I hate traveling with a Euro rack like on a plane, cause I'm like deathly afraid of checking it. <laughs> like I've had to do oh, that yeah. a few times, and it's just like, oh, that's like the worst feeling. It's like, sure, you can hold my baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get stopped every time, but I just tell people I'm a DJ, and it's fine. I remember one year I, I had a uh, I had a prototype of machine with me, um, and yeah, like they were freaking out on the plane because I had it like on my lap in the plane and I'm just kind of yeah. like, rocking and like people were all like looking at me all weird. <laughs> it was really odd because I was like I I wasn't even really thinking anything of it, but the uh, yeah the stewardess was not as receptive. It was this guy's got a science project back here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this guy's turning knobs, and he looks—he looks like a terrorist as it is. This guy yeah, looks I, like he's ready to blow I up travel a quite building. a bit with it. I mean, it's just like yeah—it's all about cases, you know. I mean, the the elite modulars of, are are perfect. They're like right on the threshold of as big as you can carry on, and mm -hmm. um, you know they're pretty heavy to like slope, you know, just take around but they are super durable i mean they've been to europe with us for you know years um so they just go everywhere we go and then we just got i just got a uh sub modular 6u and that thing is amazing because it's all aluminum and it's only like three inches tall with the uh with the lid on it so yeah. i don't That's even awesome. i don't have any anxiety <laughs> about flying anymore like i just show up i know that that thing is gonna fit even if all the overhead's full, I yeah, can it can slide it in right in. <laughs> yeah, there is somewhere where there's a duffel bag it can go on top of, or just like a purse that can be moved to the side or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use so the small. Sorry. You yeah, I travel with modular case as well, and I haven't knock on wood. I have not had any 
problems. I I strap it to one of those um, little carts. Oh yeah. That yeah, that's what I do too. Feel it right on, and I put it on the little TSA. They don't even open it. Right. Most of the time they problems. don't. Yeah, yeah. Like I've had more problems with my other gear, like bringing one in a backpack and having to take it out. Yeah. Put it out the thing, but they've never opened my modular case. And then that's, I just that's always been an issue for me. Is like I travel with, you know, a camera, laptop, iPad, you know, microphones, a recorder. You know, cable. this, that, and the third, and you're pulling it all out, and everybody's like, "Really, dude?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, you can go, up. you can go, you can go around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I end up using at least like six <clears throat> bins, and I'm like, "Come on, man! Like, couldn't you guys just scan it and just be like, okay, right. like punch me in the gut or something, and be like, okay, no, we kicked his ass. He's all right." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But pre-check is nice for that, though. Yeah, I don't uh, have yeah. pre-check though, because it's like I fly just enough. For it to make sense to have it, but mm -hmm. I'm broke enough to just not buy it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if you don't fly a lot, though, like I'm saying, if you're not taking, to me, <clears throat> pre-check doesn't necessarily make sense unless you're flying monthly type of thing. You know what I mean? If you're right. not flying a few times, at least a few times a year, a handful of times a yeah. year, I don't know that it's really worth it. it depends but on how you, much gear you got to lug out. That's true. That, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So yeah, hey, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, that one of the topics that I wanted to talk about is something I don't think was around or had been previewed the last time we did the show. And it's uh, Behringer entering into the uh, Eurorack world with their case. I what thought we did talk about it. Do you? I'm so excited I to not talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think we should, though, because it's an interesting thing that they have. I don't necessarily want to get into the Clone Wars when it comes to Behringer. So if we could talk about it and somehow skirt that, I don't know. I'm just, but yeah. the, the All I got to say... Yeah. I, I all I have to say is that it's a it is a case that won't do what we were just talking about. Yeah, exactly. That was my biggest goal oh, when that, I saw it. it. Is. That's all I got to say. Go -go, right? And it's yeah. like, as soon as I saw that I was like, well, it doesn't have a lid, no thank you. Yeah, like, it doesn't have a lid, doesn't because have a bag. something in that which granted, that right. I feel like we're kind of the exception to the rule for a lot of the people who'd be getting into Eurorack and all that. But I still yeah. say the the ones that are really piquing my interest are those Intelligel seven U cases. Um yep. I do wish Intelligel had had the wider of the you know, uh one U row, but you know, other than that, like and I don't know if that handle comes off because I don't like how that handle is. But oh, so I, I talked really to like... Danielle about that actually, the handle itself, because I was yeah. like, yo, <clears throat> I had questions about the handle, and he was saying, oh, but you can replace the handle because the handle is rigid. Uh, yeah. But you can replace the handle. He said you could easily replace the handle. I don't. It's not so much about replacing. I want to be able to remove <laughs> it quickly and easily, and then put it back on quickly and easily. Like just because I... I don't want that thing sticking out. Because mm. how my my cases are set up, like. I would probably have it sitting directly in front of my main case, and that way, like, like the performance case goes here, you know, which is also the travel case, and then the sound design laboratory is here, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, so, like, mm -hmm. when I leave, I just want to, like, unplug a few cables and... Boom, you know, that's exactly when I'm performing, what I don't want is. a big handle hitting me in the gut, because I got a sensitive gut. <laughs> <laughs> sensitive gut. <laughs> 
So for me, I'm kind of getting this part in this mess over here, but I'm kind of getting this together. This is my studio case, but my performance case is right here for the time being. And but all that stuff was kind of usurped out of my my studio case, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to rip that down because that's what I'm going to perform with. But this is not a performance case, yo. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's a piece of furniture. That's a nice looking <laughs> case, and I hate taking it out anywhere beyond where I can drive to. And even then, it's like, it's always like a kind of a hassle to carry. So I really need a case and I got to figure that out. But that's what I want to be able to do. Have the, the live case intact and close enough to be able to be patched to the, the rest of my gear and then just be able to kind of remove a couple wires, put it, pick up a handle and go. So I've been going back and forth about how many cases. how many cases. Just a quick poll: How many cases do you all have, and what do you use each case for? Um, <laughs> three. I have three. No, and I mean four. cases that are actually filled with modules, like being used, not like oh, this is an old case and it's just sitting off in the corner. Like actual three. like cases that are being used. Three. Yeah. And what do you use each one for? You have a performance case, a studio case. What's the third? The third is the Palette 62. It's kind of like my more compact uh, travel case. Okay. And what I did with that is, uh, like, for instance, when I went to Chicago to perform, I didn't want, like I said, I can't really take the 6U bigger thing. It's not really travel friendly. So it was just in time that I had kind of acquired the, the uh, Palette 62. And so I kind of built that up to be a compact conform performance case. So basically, I have two live cases. Just one is 6U and one is the 62 uh, uh, HP pallet case. Because I use three main cases. I got my studio case, which is like for the bulk of like sound design work, that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of filters, a lot of envelopes, a lot of oscillators, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. uh, and some effects. I have a drum case that's like my dedicated Eurorack drum machine. Um, and then I have... And then I have my performance case, and then I got one other case that doesn't count. Like it's it's got random modules in it, but you know, but yeah. So the it's, keep stuff safe case. No, yeah. even actually, I have a fourth, <laughs> I have a fifth for that one actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do have I have another one that's like it's like an attaché case that I turned into a Eurorack case, and that's for like storing stuff. But I'm more like um, like so like one of them is a mini brute. Um, it's my head's in the way it's it's a mini brute case like one one row that mm -hmm. is um just for mm -hmm. like being able to play stuff and you know do interesting things like that but that's kind of just like an exper an experimentation case is what i would call it but but the the main one is drum case performance case and studio case oh dope oh uh, uh, got what's... a drum case that's dope yeah yeah i, got I don't have any roll. wmd modules though i'm not that cool <laughs> you gotta get on it bro <laughs> yeah, I, 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 actually, the one that I've been most interested in, like for a while now, is uh, the 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 symbol module that you guys have. The symbol yeah, hi hat module. That thing is dope. <laughs> like oh, the yeah. fact that you can run stuff through it. And, uh, yeah, eventually, like yeah, after NAM when I start getting my money right, like I'm definitely getting one of those because uh, that thing is like that's like one of the main holes in my case right now. Is like a lot of my hi hat stuff is. Either done by a module that I don't necessarily want doing that, or sounds too typical. That right. thing is like a huge hole in the market, in my opinion, that was filled by that thing. 
Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, the that one's super fun. You can, you know, just ride symbols, crash symbols, and then if you just send it audio rate modulation, like sometimes I'll just take another output of whatever oscillator I have that's running my baseline and I'll just put it into the the size or the pitch. And then that just makes it sound like a hi-hat because just the audio mo rate modulation on that just makes it get real noisy. Yeah, that thing is dope. Like, oh. I, like when I started seeing how you could run stuff through it, I was just like, oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Using it as a sound design is super fun. Hey, did we already, am I spacing, did we already talk about the performance mixer? WMD performance mixer? Not really. Like, we touched on it, but we didn't. We didn't yeah. show it. We didn't do all that good stuff. So I want to talk about the WMD performance mix, especially when we talk about cases, because, you know, that's one of my struggles <laughs> to find a good mixer in my Eurorack because just because, I mean, you have a, a smaller thing that has sins and all that, but I have something that I won't mention that's noisy <laughs> because I do like the company, but I think that this particular thing is just noisy and it, and it, I don't know. So anyway, yeah. I like the performance mixer that you guys do. Uh, what's the HP on that? Um, I think it's 40. 40? And then yeah. and then so you have expanders for it too. But wait, for, let's talk about what are some of the features? What's the feature set on the performance mixer here? So the performance mixer is eight channels. Um, six of them are mono, and they have two inputs a piece that you can switch between or sum. So if you're doing like open and closed hi-hats, they can be on the same channel. Um, if you've got like two different baselines that cover the same uh, territory but need to be used separately, you know, you can put those on the different channels. Um, two auxiliary sends, uh, voltage control over level and panning for each channel, and then um, voltage control over the auxiliary send masters on the on the performance mixer itself. And then it's got a stereo send and return, so a stereo like a master insert. And that's nice because you can run the stereo out into our other stereo modules. The overseer is like a DJ style filter. And then uh, the muscle stereo compressor, you run those back in and then you've, you've got compression and then still you can use the master um, knob for master level. So you can still have full control over the master level. And then you also have um, cue mixing so you can listen to sequences and tune oscillators and things before you let the house hear them. So being able to oh, cue nice. things is super nice. And that was kind of the, the idea behind the mixer. You know, we were going to performances and seeing people play like 10 minute performances of one patch and it was kind of like turn it up and turn it down. Mm -hmm. And we were like, you know, if you could just like cue like a DJ, you could play for a lot longer, you know, and that was the goal. That's, that's, uh, you know, what? earlier this year, it's I went through that. It's, it's a common problem because I went through that whole thing earlier this year with starting to perform out live and kind of thinking, you know, you don't think about it when you're just in your studio doing what you do. It's like, well, right. how can you keep this going for that long? And for me, the way I perform with the mod bat that I make, like I, I have to go to the next joint. Like I think if you're an ambient artist, you can draw those things out and you could do some pretty creative things and draw them out. But for what I'm performing, like, yo, no, you got to go to the next joint and keep it moving. Right. Yeah. And, I'm trying to do house music. So it's like, I'm yep. trying to do like six, seven minutes of each track. Max, yes. Yes. Yep. And move on. 
<clears throat> so the idea in black- of queuing is really dope. Not yet. Um, so we haven't announced this yet, but I can just announce it really fast. But um, <laughs> we're going to be doing a um, a special edition of the mixer that's going to be um, the mixer and the channels under one panel. So it'll be a 10 channel mixer. Oh. And that'll be black. Dope. So Dope. We are going to we're we're getting ready to produce them and we'll be putting it on the website pretty soon. And I we're think just gonna that'll be, be the one I have like to a do. little exclusive thing um just to help some people out. Dope. Dope. Nice. That's really dope. And the um was that like you said, the channel strips, is that like the expand what kind of expansions do you have? Yeah, so we have the channels expander, which gives you two more stereo channels. Mm-hmm. And then there's two inputs um, for each stereo channel as well. So you get eight more inputs just with that. And then we have um, the uh, mutes expander, which just gives you mutes on buttons. And then CB control over the auxiliary sends of the first four channels. So just a little bit of extra CB. Mm-hmm. And then um, the last one is the DB25 expander, and it connects to the channels expander and the performance mixer and gives you uh, DB25 connections out. So you have um, a total of 16 channels out, and you get pre-fader sends for all of the channels. So you can track all your stuff regardless of what you're doing with the faders. You don't mess anything up that way. You get undestructed recordings of track by track, and then you can go through and um, recreate all your um, fades and stuff in post and make sure it's perfect. Damn, how many HP is that going to be with all? Uh, I think it's uh, 50. So you know what the the one of the things that stood out for me, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that you you're talking about the expansions because one of the things that stood out for me with this live performance mixer is I I see it more and for my use as like in my studio case I could really use that and especially with the DB25 expanding because I could throw that in the back of my Apollo. Um, right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like yo, that is so dope to just be able to do that and have. All of that stuff streaming directly into your DAW if you use a DAW. Just right. You know what I mean? Like that is Yeah, and all those outputs are balanced, so they can just go directly into a preamp or directly into a line input. And um it also the DB twenty five, so how it works is it gives you the master left and right, and then channels one through six on one DB twenty five, and then the stereo channels seven through ten come out on the other one, and there's you know, two channels for each stereo channel, two separate outputs. And, um, but they're all balanced. So one of the things I do, even if I have the, the DB25 in my case, I don't really have a performance case or, or a studio case. It's all the same thing for me. I have a six U performance case and a nine U, um, sound design case, but I use them both for performance. And, um, so if I have the, if I put the DB25 in my rig, it's just going to stay there for a while. Mm-hmm. But when I go to shows, I just take one snake and then plug it in and then just give the house the master left and right channels out of XLR. And I don't need a DI. I don't need anything like that. I just plug straight into their XLRs. Yeah. And I'm oh, oh. That's crazy, though. That is really dope. So convenient. It yeah. just kind of removes problems. <laughs> it's solved. That's what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos on that, man. Good question. I got a question here from Pat Brady. He says, are the aux returns mono 
Yes. So the yeah the the sends the sends and returns yeah they're just mono returns. Um, if you want to do stereo effects, you do have the stereo channels that you could use mm. for that if you needed it. And that's what I do if I'm going to use like the Doppler or something. I just run it into one of the stereo channels. Dope. And and you said you got a mutes expander too, but I know talking to you a couple of times, I know you like to throw the faders and it makes mm -hmm. sense the way you explain the, the, how you perform, you throw the faders, but it's dope that you have a mutes expander. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that, you know, the mutes is, it's 6 HP, so it's, the, the channels are stacked up vertically. And there is a cool feature where you can hold the combo button and then hit multiple um, mutes at once. And then when you let go, they'll toggle from whatever position they were in. So you can kind of oh. group things. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean, for me, everything about my performances is tactile. I, I just like, I love triggering loops. I love, um, turning knobs. And when it comes to muting stuff, I'm just, it just makes sense to my brain way more to just like grab faders and swipe them down or opposite, yeah. you know, just, yeah. and that movement is a lot more gratifying to me than like finding the button and pushing it on the, on the grid. Have you guys had any issues with um with those types of faders? Because, you know, they don't have fader caps, so it's, you know, it's a little bit different style than if you were on something like a, you know, full-size mixer. Um, do, do you guys get those things breaking much, or are they pretty solid? I've only, ha I've, I've only had to replace two. Okay. In the, hmm. when we've sold over a thousand. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um. And one was like, hey, I broke it. Like, I dropped yeah. something on it, and I broke it. And the other one was like, hey, the LED fell out. And I was like, how did the oh. LED fall out? Send me a picture. And just one of the standoffs on the on the side had, had broken off. Um, but, oh, wow, mm -hmm. I have... I have work to do. I need to update the, the photos of this performance mixer. <laughs> um, we actually ship it with plastic fader caps oh, that okay. are clear that go over it. And so those protect them quite a bit. And they make those faders feel just so much better. Okay, and we I sell those yeah, as well. I haven't seen it with that. So that's nice. Hey, can you bring up that mixer again? No. Okay, cool. What a, Please. What, what's going on here? Come on, funky plugs. <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that that's dope. And uh, so you're saying that there are some some mini caps that that go on there now. So that's yeah. good to know, though, because I I remember the only time I've ever used these was actually I think at a couple of different um, sh conventions and shows like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that that was my one thing that I was like, oh, I wish this kind of had something a little bit like you know, more pleasurable to the fingertips. Yeah, like that's, totally. That's, cool. that's, that's where we were at. If you, you can search on the website for fader caps and they'll come up cause we sell them separately. Let's do it. You know, these faders are wrong. used on a ton of stuff. Oh, um, there they are. 10 bucks. Yeah. Go 10 bucks for 10 of them. And so you can put those mm -hmm. on your Roland boutique. You can put them on the, the ARP 2600 clone, the TTSH. Um, you know, there's tons of the voltage block, you know, there's tons of, of stuff right. with these and we got them custom made so they would fit just perfectly. The, the ones we got like they're off the shelf part was, um, 
way too uh, deep, so it rubbed on the panel and slowed the fader down. So we had these ones custom made just a little bit smaller. So these are these are not actually fader condoms; they're fader caps. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm I've never heard them like, called that what before. Is that? So. <laughs> that could be a fun name, you know. Later <laughs> condoms, new from WMD. <laughs> that, that is, I guess, pretty much what they are. But. Yeah, right. <laughs> no hey, so somebody just asked, uh, hold on, let me throw if this If the up sends here. are spaced out enough to do dub style mixing. Right. Um, I, I don't see why well, they wouldn't be. Oh, so like the so the sins are there's a couple of cool ways to do what i think you're talking about um the the sins are pretty playable they're tall knobs so you can you can definitely turn them but they are those plastic um shaft pot knobs but one of the really nice things is um you can select which which or which auxiliary send you're using on the switch on the top and that goes one or two and then down right by the fader, there's a switch for pre or post. And I actually use that to blast reverb on my snares or my delays or whatever. Um, and so I always set the oxes and then perform with that switch. So just like snap it down into post and let a big blast of reverb come through on my clap and then bring it back. Mm. Um, or a lot of times I do like a dub style um, dotted quarter note delay and then run my clap through that so my clap ends up turning into a 16th note pattern after a while or that's all fake 16th notes on my hats but i always mm -hmm. use the the switches right next to the faders um to turn the to, just to turn the oxes on or off um because it's way you have way more control over it and then you're not like accidentally hitting some like ridiculous level trying to turn a knob you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dope. Dope. Excellent work. Um, I could already see that sometime in 2020, I'm probably going to have a role <laughs> dedicated to the damn Metron and the performance mix. Yeah, that's what we're calling <laughs> it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're calling it right now. The row. How can the we make a row? You know? that, that's it. I could already see the row making its way into this case over yeah. here. I should make a note real quick that if you go to their website, if you go to WMD website, you'll see right on the front that like, you know, there's news postings about updates and all that. So like the 1.3 update is out now for the Metron. And so you can, if you go to their website, you'll get all the information about like, you know, what's popping off new. Yeah, for sure. And subscribe to my YouTube channel too. <laughs> no doubt no doubt yeah really good that. youtube channel guys like i said he does a great job alex does a great job at explaining uh what's what and kind of simplifying concepts do you know what i mean um which is dope coming from the brand itself not all the brands do a great job at that <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so yeah so i don't know man what, what else you guys uh got uh coming up soon question though one more time when are you going to announce that that mixer that you were talking about? Uh, we're next, <laughs> so not not this coming week, but the week after that. Okay. So I, I got to just like spend some time working on Crater promotion and getting people to know what it is and um, just like following up uh, with uh, Volterra orders and stuff over the holidays. Like we just got to get through that. And that's one of the things about having promotion. so many products, you know? 
Um, <laughs> having so many products and, and it is, it's really difficult to schedule all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you're releasing something new, like every like four weeks, it's kind of like, Hey, where are you guys uh, based you just out of again? schedule stuff? Uh, Denver, Colorado, Denver. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I might be out there. Um, in a few months. Yeah. Let me know. I'm going fishing out that way. Oh, hell yeah. Bring a case and come play freak boutique. Yeah, man. That would be awesome. That'd be dope. That's the live set that you all do, right? Yeah, so we do two parties in Denver. We do uh, the second Monday of every month is uh, Freak Boutique, and that is our like open mic night for modular synth performers. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's six performers that are chosen by random the week before. So people sign up, and then um, I go in and select people randomly. So we get six performers. And then 15-minute sets with a uh, five-minute uh, Q&A. So cool. after the 15-minute set, I go up and ask um, everybody questions about what they were doing in the set, maybe like uh, top three modules or what they were inspired by. And it just kind of opens the audience up to um, feel like they can talk to the performer and ask them questions afterwards. That's cool. Nice format. And then... Mm-hmm. And then our other party is um, patched out, and that's the third Friday of every month. And that's our um, DJ-style dance party. So we do four performers, hour-long performances apiece. There's two tables set up, so there's seamless transitions, no talking. Um, and it's that one's just about the music. So it's all about just people playing live and um, providing a good time for the audience, whether or not they're nerds, most of the time they have a pretty good time. Yeah. That's really dope, man. I like the the idea of you all doing that kind of in your town and the community and, and that you oh, yeah. have one sort of nerd out sort of situation and one less party. Right, yeah, <laughs> anyway, exactly. So yeah, and yeah, the Monday night one, you know, it's nice because there's just no competition. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pretty much always in town. It's an easy thing to do. And then it's just no pressure. If it's your first time performing, you know, we're nothing but love. So we just really want people to come out and have a good time and, and, you know, explore what live performing is all about. And then, um, yeah, the patched out party is more about just like showing the community, um, like the electronic community and just the dance community in Denver that, um, you know, that we're doing this stuff live and that it's still fun to watch and still fun to dance to. And it's not um, like that classic meme of like, oh, I got to go see my friend's band play. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're trying to, you know, get that stigma out of there. Dope, dope. Good work, man. So I don't know, Ken, you got anything? Traverse, you got anything? We're running up about an hour. It's looking like I'm going to be moving into my studio like tomorrow. So Congrats, fingers, man. fingers crossed. Oh, I've been without I've been without my studio for almost two years now. It's been like wow. a year and like eight months. So we, I want to do a, a dedicated mm-hmm. like Beat People podcast to, you know, you actually getting into your studio and kind of giving us a rundown of what you're doing currently and what it yeah. to get there and and what your plans are for future i think that would be dope yeah i'm still kind of like i'm still kind of figuring it all out myself to be perfectly honest with you but um, it's not acceptable I'm just, I'm just so <laughs> excited to, to finally be out of this prison cell and you know and 
I don't know. I kind of dig the prison cell. You fit there. You would. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I like seeing Flux like just miserable. (laughs) Well, one of the main things is uh, I haven't been able to do a lot of the the external stuff that I used to do back in the day. Like I used to do a lot of videos, a lot of tutorials, a lot of different stuff. And um, we moved for, you know, for my kids. And so it was like, they were the priority. So because of that, I couldn't do a lot of the things that I used to do. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't set up my turntables, couldn't set up my roads, couldn't set up the cameras, you know? And now, um, now I, I'll have a dedicated space again that is really kind of specifically designed for, like, being able to do some really nice videos and do my sound design in a pleasurable way and all that good stuff. So it's going to be it's going to be really nice. Yeah, That's it's going to be dope. Super congrats on that, man, because I know you've been working hard on it and it's been a long time coming. And it's been actually kind of cool sort of watching it all come together, man. Very slowly. <laughs> I don't know how slowly it's been. Like once you got started, it's been steady movement. Well, you know I, I mean? well, I mean, it depends on what you consider started, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of setbacks. <laughs> I mean, my wife was in a pretty bad car accident. We had a yeah. dog die. We had a house fire. You know, we we had a lot go on in the in the past couple of years. So um, these past few months, it was like, don't let anything stop you. I smashed down the wall to my garage. I was like, I'm building a studio. It's happening now. So so we ripped down the wall between my basement and the garage and built up all new walls and all new electrical, all new everything. So yeah. Yo, it, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's huge. Yo. You, there were no this room didn't exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just open space. You cleared stuff out of there to free up the space. I will say I had to make and and made it beautiful. It's really dope. I had to make like one compromise that like I didn't really like, but for the sake of just getting it done, I had to do it. And that was that I was originally going to do um, an extra floated ceiling um, with uh, decoupling um, decoupling cushions in between. And that would have been really, really nice. But the problem was is that if I did it, one, it was going to drop my ceiling by about an extra five inches. And then on top of that, uh, the cost was going to be a lot higher and and the time was going to be about an extra six months just because I'm doing everything myself. So Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, you know what? I just need to get done. So I didn't get to do that. But that's the only real thing that i, I kind of wanted to do but i just decided it wasn't going to work out and then but at the same time so you weren't able to do that but at the same time your walls are like who's going to hear anything in there like, yeah my walls are real there, right? there's a lot of insulation well the only thing that that would have benefited is that Upstairs, um, so i have hardwood above me and the the difference is that if you so, like, if you're talking or noise is going on up there, you don't really hear that. But what you do hear is if you were to drop something hard onto the floor, that sound can transfer. So yeah. that's yeah. that's you. Know, and for me, it's, it was more about keeping sound from outside of my studio from getting in as opposed to the other way around. Because, one, I don't tend to work that loud. And two, I don't care. I'm the dad. Like, if I'm working loud, guess what? Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think when it comes, at least for, for me, and it probably is the same for you to, to a degree, I think when you 
uh, in a family and people know you create, there's a certain, they expect a certain amount of boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least to a degree, right? The yeah. only time I've ever had my wife come down and say, hold on, crazy man, is when I switched out to like new monitors that had a lot more bass. So I think I would test on a sub and and and, and then you got crater. Yeah, and then the crater came through, right? It's so, yeah. so. <laughs> Oh, but hey, I wanted to uh there's one question out here. Uh, there's a lot of congratulations to Ken uh on the studio, but one question about and Travarsi is probably for you. I don't know if you've dug in just yet, but the Babaco VCMC uh, wondering how people are liking it and how fast the CV clock can uh, change the MIDI, etc. Have you dug in yet? I haven't dug in yet. I'm actually waiting for my performance case. So when I was, and I or I have, I'm having a new case built actually for travel, and that's nice. sort of what's going into that. Um, yeah, the brief it's a briefcase style um case. Where are you getting that from? Um so there's a guy that goes by Rhythm Dial Techno and okay. you can see him on Instagram and he makes amazing stuff and he just messaged me actually and told me he's like just finishing up a couple touches and shipping it out to me. I'm super excited about it. And right. uh but it's a smaller case. So it's uh 6 U 89 HP. So my. Uh oh. I lose you guys. And, um, there we go. Max has been froze yeah, out. So, I'm sorry? Oh, you Max has been out for a sec, but you're back. It's all good. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. So my plan is to put that module in there as part of my smaller travel performance case. And yeah, that. I had a question about that. That I mean, it just. It made me think about I'm doing more thinking about doing more hybrid stuff and was wondering if any any of y'all have used, you know, what you guys use to do that. Because um, VCMC looks cool, you know, the new ES9 looks amazing. Yeah, um, I, I have, have ESA. I'm sorry and to do FH1. what exactly? Just like interface modular with the computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I use the ES8. Like ES8. it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love that thing. Um, so I use mine in multiple ways though. So I'll use it, sometimes I'll use it just with the iPad and I'll have the iPad running standalone and connect it via camera connector to the ES8. You can use it that way. Sometimes I'll run a USB cable to the computer, connect mm -hmm. it that way. And then I also have ADAT cables coming from my audio interface to it. And sometimes I'll run it that way. Like it's so flexible to be able to use it in all those different ways. Right. Um, the ES9, I really like w what that's all about, but the ES9 doesn't do the ADAT. And I'm like, ooh, mm. the ADAT part is super useful for me. And I have the ADAT, ADAT on my ES3. I have the ES9. It's not it's ADAT, it's, it's uh, optical SPDIF. Mm -mm. So, I haven't used it for that. Yeah, I use it mainly. It's optical SPDIF. It's not, it's not ADAT. So. For me, like the idea that I can, um, like, so I use a, a Claret 8 Pre X, and the um, I've got some prototype audio interfaces from Arteria over here. And what I like to do is I can use the ADAT on those so I don't have to do aggregate devices, I can just use the extra channels that way. And it's you know, it's just really easy to like send things back and forth because I don't really like doing the whole like um, DC coupled audio interface thing because they're not really 
while they can do it, they usually, even if you have something like a Motu that's, you know, DC-coupled audio interface, it usually doesn't have DC-coupled inputs. And mm. that that can be a problem. Like, if you really want to send back and forth, you want DC on both. And that's where the ES8 is just awesome. Yeah, I think at some point I may have to go and deal with the ES8 or ES9. Well, ES8 because of the ADAT. I have the ES3. And it's just a outputs from the computer, which is cool. Uh, uh, that's kind of what I need. Uh, but it'd be nice to kind of go both ways uh, with the with the ins and the outs and coming from the computer, going into the computer. So. I got that shuttle. Uh, what is it called? What's the USB joint? Shuttle from? control. Yeah, shuttle control. I got that too. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I haven't used it a ton yet. Like, I'm kind of like... Because I've been working on the studio, like I haven't really had a chance to mess with with that as much as I want. But that's more for like I kind of put that in the drum case as like extra control for drums. Right. Oh, um, because this this part of the conversation was started by uh, what is it sweeter than anything, and mm -hmm. talk about the the VCMC. Just FYI, Bafaco will be next show's guest on January fourth. So tune nice. in then, sweeter than anything. We could you know, get the information directly from the source. Perfect. Yeah. But Alex, yeah, I think you'll like so. the ES9. Uh, I think that you and I perform very similarly. Like we like to have that DJ style flow to our sets. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed with traveling a lot, um, and this is why I'm using, building this other case and going in a little bit of a different direction is I was carrying a lot of extra hardware with me Right. And one of the shows I ended up using Ableton and using like the Roland Cloud 303 instead of taking out my TV3 a TV03 so I could have more patterns. And I th I think that you'll like using either the ES8 or the ES9 because right. then you can maybe integrate um, like I Ableton TV tools. Yeah. You know, like add use some other modulation source inside the computer. And then that's where I'm gonna kinda add that VCMC and use that in conjunction with Ableton with my smaller case. Yeah, that's so dope. I'm pretty yeah. Yeah, I have an ESA and I run it a lot with um, with Bitwig and I use a Microsoft Surface with touchscreen. Oh nice. So it's basically my like um, I use it kind of like a launch pad um, for all the clips, which is really nice. And then I use a stereo out uh, clock and reset, like stereo out for audio um, a clock and reset. And then a uh, CV and gate for my baseline sequencer. And I run those into a switch so I can switch between using Metron and Volterra or using the computer, oh, Okay, which is really nice for the same, same voice. Um, but yeah, I was, I'm curious about, you know, the differences between using an audio interface with CV tools like Ableton and Bitwig have, um, versus using something that, that can do MIDI, um, which is also, I guess, really nice because you can use those with other pieces of hardware, not just the computer, right? Yep. Right, right. Well, that's why I kind of gravitate the, the, what caught my eye with the VCMC, uh, module is that you don't have to my plan in theory is to not have to carry like another midi controller because i can use that to control ableton 
And so then I can keep my hands in the case because I too like that tactile feel and to, oh, be that's able dope. Yeah. to turn the knobs and do everything. So then I can just use those faders. So my plan was to use those faders maybe as either volumes or, or something. And they have, they have the buttons on there. So maybe that would, could be my mutes for the mute channels in Ableton. That's, yeah. that's one way I'm going to try. I'm going to try it out to see if that works in the workflow. Okay, yeah, that sounds dope. When you come uh, in the next couple of weeks, when you come yeah. over to the studio, we'll get into it. Cool. Do some digging in. Yeah, I, I really want to do a living room jam with you. It looks amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. While you're here, for sure. Yeah, or, or patio jam, either or, or both. I'm yeah. Oh, all of <laughs> yeah, her place is I see y'all's pictures, and I'm that like, damn, that looks like too much fun. That's yeah. one thing I, I really appreciate about appreciate about what you guys are doing what i think you know we're always all of our parties are in a bar and in a club and um i i, I appreciate the you know like hey just everybody come over to my house and we're just gonna jam that's yeah awesome. yeah that's a dope vibe man we always have a good time too yeah socal yeah. society man that's what we do we either diy build modules we help each other out like because there's always somebody who knows something about something more you know to share more information. and it's just jamming hanging out you know whether it's soldering or whatever but and it's all types of electronic music it's not genre specific which makes exactly. it exactly better you know? and you know what's dope about that is that you tend to learn more from people that do different types of music than what you do yeah. you totally. know what i mean so it's, it's like fun but then i always find like there's many of us are kind of dip off and be like so what are you doing right there and then somebody gets to explain in their patch and going through different things it's just dope right. there's a lot of good vibes man. yeah that's good. awesome yeah i feel the same way about uh freak boutique it's just like you know i learned so much from the guys who show up with you know tape loops and mm -hmm. and a bunch of different pedals and stuff it's like oh okay so oh. you know it doesn't need to be in time it can just kind of warp around and it mm -hmm. still sounds really really nice like that you know there's lots of stuff to learn from everybody yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to making it out your way too soon. Absolutely, just yeah. And if anyone is coming to Denver anytime, just hit me up on Instagram. Let me know if anyone wants to see the shop. You know, we do tours, things like that. Nice. Um, our facility is pretty crazy. We have, you know, full pick and place lines, selective solder machines, um, a selective solder machine. We have a CNC machine that cuts all of our black panels. So it cuts the holes and engraves all the art. So, in one pass that's pretty cool to see cool. and then you know there's we have about 19 total employees um so there's just people you know building synths and hanging out i want to make a point to get out there just for that purpose though just to kind of come out and check y'all out maybe at a time when the uh, you know when you're doing the uh the show the, the, yeah the for show, sure and then do a tour just kind of hang out a little bit i think that would be dope yeah most definitely just yeah. let me know i love it I love when people come by. It's uh, that's a fun part about my job. Don't, don't. Because it is my job to give those tours. So it's like, hey, I get to take a break and like talk about what I love to do. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool. <laughs> so, yo, we're gonna round it up. Um, any last words from anybody before we close out episode fifty-seven? Um, I just want to shout out actually for the next SoCal Sin Society meetup. Uh, we have Chris Meyer coming out and he's going to, from Learning Modular, he's going to do a demo and do like a little workshop 
and then he's going to do a book signing because he's one of the co-authors of the book pageant week mm -hmm. so and that's on january 11th kind of like a pre early kickoff nam sort of thing for that week dope heck yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah so that should be fun yeah thanks just all i have to say is thanks for having me it was super fun talking with you guys yeah, That's you're awesome. always welcome. Yeah, man. thank you so much, uh, Alex. Really. Yeah, thanks for coming on and and yeah, um, no worries. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. Heck yeah, Kenneth. Um, now I'm just gonna be moving and trying <laughs> to get stuff done, and hopefully as soon as soon as that stuff's done, you'll I'll I'll be posting some stuff up about it, and then uh, you guys are gonna see a massive influx of work coming out from me very soon. So I'm super excited about that. I'm so, so I'm just so excited to be able to like get back to my normal work schedule. Yeah, I feel you, man. And congratulations on that again, y'all. Yes. And yo, thanks for everybody that uh that are checking us out on YouTube. And this is probably the I don't know second or third time that we're doing live stream simultaneously to the Beat People Facebook page. And so yeah, thanks for uh support and checking us out. And we'll see you next go round. Next episode fifty eight with Manu from Bafaco. And we'll dig into their product line and, and uh, a few other things. All right. Peace. Oh, cool. <laughs>